has helped you to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work. Magnesium is naturally found in foods like... This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I'm Ella Dove, your host, director of creative development, and avid Apple Watch ring closer. Since the pandemic began, there has been a renewed emphasis on quantifying health metrics and tracking our personal data. It feels like we're paying closer attention to everything from our step count to the length of our REM cycles to our blood oxygen level. When we have so little control over the numbers plaguing the new cycle, the number of new cases, the vaccination rate, it's no surprise that we've turned to our wearables and cell phones to quantify our individual health metrics to achieve a semblance of control over our personal well-being. But a collective obsession with the numbers that make up our day is not new. Since the 1960s, and probably much earlier, we've accepted the numbers they put forth as the mile markers of a healthy life. Eat glasses of water a day, eight hours of sleep a night, my personal touchstone, 10,000 steps a day. Suffice to say, our days are numbered. But where do these numbers come from and do they really have any bearing on our overall health? That's exactly what we're going to dive into on today's episode. And let me tell you, I was very excited to bring this episode to life. A few months back, when the Well and Good podcast was brand spanking new, I talked to some of the most trusted voices in the world of fitness about why we move. And my biggest takeaway was that these unprecedented times have really changed the answer to that question for many. Personally, I get moving to, simply put, stay sane. But as a student, or ex-student, of public health, I'm fascinated by the fine line between the science and propaganda that make up a healthy lifestyle. Got milk, anyone? Do any of these numbers laid out for us actually add up to better health? If you're a regular listener, chances are you're interested in building a healthier lifestyle and creating habits that will last. But where is the line between making the most out of every day in order to stay mobile and vibrant and healthy for a long time? And where does tracking become just an unhealthy and obsessive behavior? The 
The concept of 10,000 steps per day was established in the mid-60s. There was a Japanese company that's still around today that produced a pedometer, and it roughly translated to 10,000-day stepper. That's Amanda Pluch, assistant professor at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. I am a physical activity epidemiologist and a kinesiologist, and I research the associations of physical activity with chronic disease, particularly using wearable technologies. And Amanda is right. Basically, when Japan last hosted the Summer Olympics in 1964, a Japanese company created Manpoke. Man, meaning 10,000, po, meaning steps, and k, meaning meter. So it sort of depends on who you ask, but according to Amanda's team at UMass Amherst, 10,000 steps a day was established as the target because at the time the pedometer was created, the data indicated that the average person was getting roughly 6,000 steps a day. So 10K was pretty much pulled out of thin air as a target that was higher than the current national average to promote walking, more steps, and sell the pedometer. And really, so the name of this pedometer had really stuck. And it's a really nice, clean number, right? 10,000 steps per day. We realized some people can do it, but it's not actually based in research. In research, as epidemiologists, we're starting to use these wearable technologies. In our phones, in our watches, we have this thing called an accelerometer. So an accelerometer actually detects your accelerations, your movement. I use accelerometers a lot in my research, and we can get a decent estimate of how active we are throughout the day. We will put devices on large samples of people, comparing those people who died and the ones who didn't die, what was their step levels when they measured steps, and try to understand these associations, like your risk of dying at an earlier age, or your risk of cardiovascular disease or diabetes. We're able to actually look at the data and understand how many steps we need for health. It might vary based on the individual, right? How old you are, whether you have chronic conditions, all of these things. So it's probably not a clean slate of 10,000 steps per day. A recent study that was published about a year and a half ago showed that it was closer to about 7,500 was where you saw the benefits tend to level off, which means you could get benefits from even less steps. After you get above 7,500, you're not going to get much more additional benefit for the outcome of mortality. So these women were around an average of 70, 72 years old. So older people might need less steps than younger people. In another study done in the U.S., they showed that it was actually higher amount of steps, 10 to 12,000 steps, was where the benefits started to level off. And the average age was younger. It was more like 50. So you can see there's differences. Having the general metric of 10,000 isn't going to be representative of every single individual. And it's going to vary depending on the population. What you assume is if you get more steps, that they are preventing all of those comorbidities that can go along with it, which have been shown to be associated with being active, that there is a potential for a lower mortality risk. Does it mean that if you do 10,000 and 10 steps that you're going to live happily ever after and live a longer life? Absolutely not. That's Brendan Stubbs. He's a senior lecturer at King's College, as well as an exercise and mental health researcher. My research focuses on how movement and lifestyle can help us feel healthier, happier, and also be used as a treatment to help people with mental health diagnoses. 
when you think about well-being or wellness for the individual, how would you define that? I would define well-being as individuals sort of being content within themselves and their circumstances and how their social, mental, occupational relationship and physical mental health is where all well-being. The World Health Organization looks at how do I have enough energy and vitality for the day? Am I getting enough sleep and getting enough movement during the course of the day? So it looks at these particular metrics which make up this broad area of well-being, obviously very pertinent to each and every one of us. Some people get, in my experience, get quite obsessional around the numbers, the data. I've got friends, for instance, who you know can become quite worried if they get 9,990. I think I must go out and go and complete my extra 10 steps. What does the research evidence say? Does it say that if you do 9,990 steps, mean that you're going to have a rubbish day or die early? Absolutely not. As a concept, it's a good idea, but as a number, I think it is unfounded and it's just a number that's stuck in the public conscience. So if 10,000 steps a day is a little bit unfounded, is there a metric or a number that you can point to that is a good goal for those seeking to improve their overall well-being and mental health? The World Health Organization guidelines recommend that we do 150 to 300 minutes of moderate or vigorous physical activity. So that would be any type of movement where you're becoming slightly short breath, and that is over the course of the week, in, in usual 10-minute bouts at least. That number is scary for most people. Just doing 300 minutes over the course of the week and you may just think, why bother, I'm not going to. I'm never going to be able to reach that. And the key message is that some is better than none. I think that idea of some is better than none or some movement is so important because what can often happen, and I know what personally really used to happen with me, is I woke up today, I was feeling kind of lazy. I'm not going to get my 10,000 steps in, so I'm just not going to do anything and I'm going to start again tomorrow because if I'm not going to hit my goal, it's not really worth it. But it's probably better to just get out for 20 minutes, even if I'm tired or hungover or whatever it is that's preventing me from getting outside, that something is better than nothing. How do you educate your community on that idea? There was a really nice study, um, coincidentally also done in Japan, Essentially what they did is they've got people sitting in these magnetic resonance imaging scanners. So you're having a live picture of what's happening within your brain. And they got one of the random groups to start gently cycling whilst they were sitting in this magnetic resonance imaging scanner. So equating to, you know, a light activity such as walking or gentle cycling. And the other group just sat there. And they wanted to know what actually happens if you just do 10 minutes. And what they found is for those who just, just did 10 minutes this profound increase in electrical activity because the brain is a live organism which processes our thoughts, feelings and emotions so much more. Increases in um, electrical activity and blood flow to key um, emotional processing areas and memory areas such as the hippocampus, an area of the brain called the prefrontal cortex and lots of other really, really fascinating areas and which you just think, wow. This is just 10 minutes of light activity, real life structural changes happening in just 10 minutes. I would go as far as saying the well-being and wellness industry, particularly when it comes to wearables, is being completely hijacked by probably well-intentioned people who want to make health, fitness and happiness better. But the underpinning science behind a lot of individual metrics or the measurement of those or use of particular tools 
is actually on quite shaky ground for many of the devices which are out there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So I'm one of those people. I grew up, I played all the sports. I did everything from soccer to gymnastics to tennis to surfing. I had three brothers. I was always trying to catch up with them. And so by the time I got to college, you know, physical activity was something that was really came naturally to me, but it also became something that was kind of confusing to me because I no longer had a structure around my workout routines. So slowly over time in my early 20s, my workout routine became something that probably wasn't very healthy. It developed into a little bit of a, you know, disordered habit where I had to get my 50-minute workout in or the rest of my day felt like it was shot. I felt like I couldn't eat what I wanted. I felt like, you know, I had done something wrong and I was in this really kind of guilty cycle around physical activity. Suffice to say, I was not working the physical activity into my life. I was working my life around whatever my workout was. When I got the Apple Watch, which slowly painted a picture of my natural movements throughout the day. It showed me what it looked like to kind of go for a stroll in the morning, maybe hula hoop for 10 minutes in the afternoon. It was the pandemic. Don't judge me. It painted a picture of this kind of more holistic approach to fitness that completely rewired my mindset around physical activity. And eventually that physical activity actually became something that I enjoyed first and foremost, and wasn't a chore, but also just worked into my lifestyle. It showed me that every little bit counts and that, you know, it's not an all or nothing thing when it comes to our physical activity. So maybe a lot of these numbers that we track are kind of arbitrary and maybe tracking isn't for everyone, but it has actually helped me and it has helped us study the way that our daily activity benefits to the many facets of our health. So How do we use this technology to help us without getting too bogged down in the numbers, too addicted to the tracking? So I would focus on the amount of minutes that you're engaging in light, moderate, and vigorous physical activity. I would also, as a metric, which you could use in a wearable, is look at how much time you spend sitting. There's emerging evidence around even if you are doing lots of physical activity and and exercise, but if you sit down for 14 hours a day of the waking day and you run for an hour a day that you may negate some of the mental and physical health benefits of that. So I would encourage people to consider that as well and break up the amount of time which they're engaging in sitting in sedentary behaviour. 
It doesn't need to be burdensome. It is fitting it in the best way you can. So anything you can do is better than nothing. Even just five minutes is better than nothing. Getting out of your seat can have benefits. And it's also important for habit formation. Just keeping that momentum, just doing a little bit can make it easier the next day to do a little bit more or just to keep doing just that five to 10 minutes. So it needs to be something that people love to do. They have their own tactics to fitting it in. It's not somebody else telling them to do it. The more consistent they are, the longer, the more likely it is to become a habit and it's gonna stick with them. And movement, or lack thereof, isn't the only thing we seem to be tracking these days. I feel like I rarely go a day without seeing someone carrying one of those water bottles with lines on it to win the latest hydration challenge, or hearing about a new app to help track our sleep, or our breaths, or our whatevers. And I am often comparing my Apple Watch rings to my friends. How can we curb this affinity for cataloging these activities and steer clear of developing habits and behaviors that don't really serve us? Amanda has this advice. If you become too obsessed with it, that could potentially harm you. So there is definitely a balance. I don't think it's as useful if you want to compare to other people because you get a lot of variation. And if they're using different devices, even if they're just from a person to person using the same device, it could be different. If you're wearing the same device and you see improvements, you are improving your health. You're improving your physical activity. You're improving your sleep. So at an individual level, I think these can be very helpful. But in terms of comparing between individuals, I think that's where you should take a step back. Just like in life, comparison is the root of all evil, as they say. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. There's going to be different people who respond differently to different metrics because we're all wired differently. So, you know, for some people, the device or using the device to track numbers can be a really helpful behavior change tool to say, look at steps or look at the amount of minutes of moderate or vigorous physical activity that I'm doing. And in a really helpful way, saying I'd like to increase that over the next week or next month and not become too obsessional. But there's a, you know, a subset of people who can inadvertently become quite preoccupied and even to the point of becoming distressed by some of these metrics, whether it be about nutritional labeling, what people are eating, or whether it be sleep, and that can have a detrimental impact on people when it becomes a complete preoccupation and it feels more like a compulsion um, to do something. We don't want goals and numbers, which we mentioned, 10,000 steps, 150 minutes, 300 minutes, to put people off. They're there as aspirational targets for people to build up towards. I would look at prioritizing movement over the course of the week, at a time that you enjoy and trying to get as much as you can up to a certain threshold, not being you know, too unrealistic for yourself because we don't want people to set unrealistic goals and feel like they can't fail and not get going, not being you know, too unrealistic for yourself because we don't want people to set unrealistic goals and feel like they can't fail and not get going and doing something. To me, what really hits home is that it's not all or nothing. That if you don't get in the workout you had planned, your day is not shot. Every little bit counts towards improving, you know, maybe your mindset, maybe your overall health. Fundamentally, everything that we do should be about pleasure and enjoyment. And we know for any long-term behavior change, whether it be, I don't know, moving or exercising or or, or eating, 
or uh, socialising or, or any other behaviour, if we're going to maintain that in the long term, you know, the psychological literature shows us that we need to find some pleasure within that. However you get your movement in is the best way for you and there will be health benefits. It is just finding different ways. Sometimes it's a really busy day and I have a really messy house. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to like book it with my vacuum for 20 minutes. And I feel like that's a win. And sometimes it's just running around with the kids. That I think is, it's the key to, to my wellness. And I think could be the key to a lot of people's wellness is just trying to move every day, not letting it take over my life. Reporting live from day 482 of consecutive move ring closures on my Apple Watch, I'd say I still have a little personal work to do around my own tracking behaviors. But what I can also say is I've never felt healthier. I'm probably not at my strongest, and I'm not about to run my fastest mile, and my hamstrings could definitely use a stretch, but I've got a routine down, and I actually enjoy it, and that me time, or sometimes me and my friend time, has really given me a whole new appreciation for what health feels like. That consistent commitment to moving has definitely contributed to a much more well-rounded outlook on my overall well-being. I'm thinking a lot more about how my activity makes me feel. I'm a lot kinder to myself on the days that I just don't feel like powering through a 50-minute class, which is most days these days. And I feel like I'm playing the long game, focusing on a long and active life versus a hard and sweaty workout right now. Getting movement in definitely matters, but it's about finding the routine that works for you and sticking with it. That's what the numbers really show us. Turns out our days really are numbered. And that magic number is about 22 minutes a day. So if we're saying that 150 minutes of exercise a week will help decrease your mortality and increase your overall mental well-being, that's 22 minutes a day. I challenge you to try to squeeze in just that. On today's show, you heard from Amanda Palooch and Brendan Stubbs. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Kate Spees, and myself, Ella Dove, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Those numbers do matter. We're looking for the biggest number of subscribers possible and five stars, absolutely, all the time. This episode was scripted in part by Isabel Obrecht, mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lukomsky and Matt Didomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. And special thanks to Jess Friedman, Ali Short, Jen Snyder, and Cassie Wolf. And again, five stars. Please subscribe. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.